You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezrus Hashem, tonight we're going to be starting a new series of Shirim, which is not really a deviation away from what we were learning with regards to the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, but in truth it's a continuation of the Baal Shem Tov's Torah. Because what we're going to try and do in this series of classes titled The Inner World of Anxiety is that we're going to try and find within the human experience itself, within that aspect of me besari echaze eloikai, that from within my human condition, I learned to behold HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And like the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh taught us, that any emotion or any mood that a human being experiences in this world is not simply something happenstance that we happen to find ourselves in, stuck in, but rather every mood and every emotional hue through which an individual lives their lives of a human being, is an opportunity, is a veil, is a lens through which to behold HaKadosh Baruch Hu even more. And in order to truly understand how to elevate our emotional states, how to take that which we are thrown into as human beings, and not only su- not suppress it and not repress it, but rather to transform it into a vessel for the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we first and foremost have to understand the nature of the symptom of what it means to be human. So that in understanding the symptom, we can be mitmoded with it, we can face it. And once we face it unflinchingly, we're then capable of drawing the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu down into it, creating new vessels for the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be found. Now there are a number of makoros that can be used to validate such a project, to validate looking at the emotional experience of what it means to be a human being. Not simply not simply in a way that teaches us how to elevate our emotions to the proper way of feeling, but rather teachings that help us understand that the very emotion that we are experiencing at that given moment becomes the very meeting point wherein we encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our lives. It's not that by becoming better, I can then find Hashem. It's that I find Hashem specifically where I am at. Now, the first Makor that's going to be a light upon our path is a teaching from Eov that after Eov encounters all of his suffering, And after Eov encounters all of the fallenness and the difficulties and the tzabrachinkeit and the brokenness of what it means to be a human being, his friends come to comfort him. His friends attempt to either blame HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to blame injustice, to blame Eov himself. 
But when all of those answers fail, there's another answer. The youngest of the Chevra comes along and he says, in your honor, while you're older than me and more wise than me, which is why I kept silent during your soliloquies and your poetic statements about Eov's failure or HaKadosh Baruch Hu's injustice or unfairness. I kept silent because you're older than me. But in truth, now I'm going to open my mouth and speak. Because in truth, it turns out that there is a spirit within man. And it is the spirit of Shakai, the spirit of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that gives them the capacity to understand. Now this statement, v'nishmat shakai tavinem, as the Maforshim, in particular the Malbim points out in that place, and Rabbi Nachman of Breslov utilizes this tens of times throughout his writings, v'nishmat shakai tavinem is such a powerful statement because what it is telling us is that even though according to the natural linear way of looking at those who are smarter and those who are less intelligent, those who are older and those who are younger. According to the linear way of functioning, I shouldn't have what to say. But nevertheless, nishmat shakai tavinem, it is the spirit of God that gives us understanding. It's not up to me to withhold the emotional experiences or to ignore them because everything that a human being experiences is through nishmat shakai. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu moving through the individual so that our thoughts and our sentiments and our perspectives and our moods and our attitudes, each person according to their own level and their own understanding, are not simply human functions, but they are lenses through which the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals itself in the world. And taken seriously enough, if we allowed ourselves to look at our emotions through this lens, to recognize that the emotions that pulsate within us and the voices that murmur within our hearts are not simply the conjecture of the mind. They're not simply chemical imbalances. They're not simply neurological processes. But what they are is the spirit of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the nishmat shakai tavinim. It's the spirit of Hashem that moves through the individual giving us more than enough permission to study our experiences because it's the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu itself. Another way of bringing this teaching out is something that's described in the 156th teaching from Rabbi Nachman. And Rabbi Nachman is discussing the Avoida of his Boidudas, the Avoida of what it means to be alone with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to not talk about the things that we desire, to not even talk about the things that we would like to do, but rather to talk about the issues that we're experiencing. To talk about the tzabrachinkite, the brokenness, the concealment, the fear, the discomfort, and the joys, and the excitement. And Rabbi Nachman tells us in numerous places, but in particular in teaching 156, that the aspect of his boidudas is ruach hakodesh. That when a person speaks clearly enough to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and a person gets out of their own way and speech continues to flow, at that point, the outpouring of the soul, the emotions that we're dealing with face-to-face -face, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, are an aspect of Ruach HaKodesh. And Rabbi Nachman says as follows, he says, 
And each person, according to their own level, when they cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of their howling solitude, out of those difficult emotions and conditions that make human life so intense, each and every person is encountering their aspect of Ruach HaKodesh. Kamosha Kasuv, like the Pasuk says, L'cha amar libi, to you my heart has spoken. L'cha amar libi bikshu panai as panecha avakesh. My heart is speaking to you. My heart is saying to you. And what does Rashi over there say? Rashi says, L'cha b'shvilcha u'b'shlichusecha amar libi. That the emotions of my heart, the feelings that we encounter as human beings, are the shluchim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is sending me into these emotional states. It's you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is giving me these feelings. Each person according to their level of understanding, each person according to their level of experience. And Rabbeinu continues and he says, Shekol HaDavarim Shehalev Omer that everything that the heart itself tells a person, the things that go bump in the heart and the things that frighten us and the things that excite us, all of them, they are the words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu themselves. And the emotions of the heart, the feelings of the heart are an aspect of Ruach HaKodesh. Rav Tzadak HaKohen also makes a tremendous asek out of this idea to the point that every emotion, every thought that an individual experiences, as long as it is not illicit, as long as it is not imposed deliberately, and even then perhaps, that every emotion, every feeling, every encounter that we have with ourselves in this world is an echo of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which means that it demands limud, like anything else, and that we can learn about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's relationship with us through our own emotional states. They're deserving of study. That being said, the emotion or the mood or the condition that these shiram are going to be about is going to be what we refer to collectively as anxiety. Now, the first public service announcement is that while we are not talking about psychiatric diagnosis of anxiety disorders, which are profoundly present in many, many individuals in whatever form or shape they take. But at the same point, it's my humble opinion that ultimately when it comes to being human, it's not a question of whether we experience anxiety or not. It's a given that we experience anxiety. The only question that we need to ask ourselves is to what degree do we experience anxiety? If the degree of anxiety is such that it begins to interfere with an individual's life and daily functioning, at that point, we begin to utilize language of medical categorization and treatment language. But simply because a person's volume of anxiety has not reached deafening levels wherein everything else is blotted out, doesn't mean that each person doesn't understand what it means to be anxious, what it means to not know, what it means to anticipate, what it means to live with a certain 
undiagnosed and undefined fear of that which is unknown. Anxiety is a feature of the human condition. It's possible to even claim that it is constitutive of the very birth of the human condition, as we're going to discuss in future shirim with regards to Adam Harishon and Kayin and the personalities of our greatest tzaddikim, the Avos HaKadoshim. So while we're talking about anxiety as it applies to each and every person on their own individualized level, each according to their own conjecture and understanding, nevertheless, the assumption and the bias is that anxiety is a universal condition. Diagnosis is not, but the condition of anxiety is something that all of us can understand, all of us can encounter within ourselves, and all of us can attempt to find comfort and light through the teachings of our tzaddikim and through our Torah. Now, the Pasuk in Mishlei says, Shlomo Melech says, if there's worry in the heart of man, he should speak it out to another individual. Now, commenting on the statement, Chazal in numerous places bring down a machlokas between Ravasi and Ravami. One Manda Amr says that Yasichena with a Samich, which means that I should have a Hesachadas from my anxiety. That if there's worry in the heart of man, if there's anxiety and angst in the heart of an individual and life is overwhelming and the unknowns seem to overwhelm the person's capacity to function. So then according to one Manda Amr, the job is to be masiachit from their das, to get it out of there, to repress it, to push it away. And we're going to see how the Mahalach is expressed very strongly in the writings of Rabbi Nachman and his Taman Mufak Rabbi Nassan and different Tamidim of the Bashem but the second Manda Amr says that it's Yasichena with the Shin, which means that if there's worry in the heart of man, it's not that I should dispel it and repress it and push it away immediately, but rather Yasichena from the Lashon of Siach that I should speak about it. That if there's worry in the heart of an individual, then the only way forward is to engage in the speaking act of catharsis, of expressing myself to another of taking that which is internalized and allowing myself to express it externally so that I separate myself from it. And I allow those experiences that feel so profoundly real within the recesses of the heart and the body and the mind, I allow them to take form and to take shape through the letters of speech as they emerge out of the mouth. Like the Tikkunay Zohar tells us and Rav Kook's made such an asek out of the letters themselves are referred to as susayesh, horses of fire, chariots of fire. Because what a horse does is it takes something from one place to another. So too speech and the letters that we use to iterate and articulate our human experiences, those are what carry those experiences and those feelings from inside of us towards the outside. So the Mahalach of the Ishirim is certainly going to be following the second Manda Amar. That the goal of speaking about anxiety, the goal of speaking about what it means to be human ultimately, what it means to not know, what it means to live with limitations of knowledge and to live in a space of doubt and uncertainty and anticipatory fear over that which takes place or that which is possible, each person according to their own level, the goal is going to be to follow the second Manda Amar, which is that speaking about it 
and talking about it and finding voice in our tzaddikim about it is there to give us hope and there to teach us that not only is it normal to be worried, not only is it normal for daiga to be a mainstay in the day-to-day function of human experience, but rather that daiga itself creates a vessel that allows us to encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu in an even deeper way. Because without daiga, without worry, without anxiety, if everything was known, if there was nothing to be worried about, if our hearts didn't beat within us strongly about all of the different things that can go wrong at any moment, if we weren't overwhelmed by these ideas, if the human being was able to rest assuredly in their concrete groundedness, then ultimately the one thing that we would lose out on is the need for emuna and bitachon for strengthening faith and trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But when daiga, when anxiety, when suffix, when concealment, when irbuvya, when the admixture of darkness and light takes over our experiences, and anxiety and feelings of fear and anticipatory longing over that which we're not sure what, when that enters into the heart and it makes it difficult, it makes it hard, to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. It makes it hard to find comfort. It makes Menucha Sanefesh all the more harder. But when we force ourselves to draw faith and more trust into that moment of anxiety, we illuminate the darkness of the world with a potency of light that would have been impossible had there not been anxiety. And on a certain level, the entire purpose of the Shirim is to understand the remez that the Chida offers when he says that Daiga, Worry, anxiety is the same gematria as Echad, as Ahava, the numerical value of 13. Because on a certain level, as the Chida says, Daiga is the opposite of Echad, that when a person loses sight of the annihilating unity that subsumes and surrounds all things from the lowest level of experience to the highest level, so then a person experiences Daiga. And so daiga is the polar opposite of echad, or unity. But based on the teachings of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov and the Goyen and the Tzaddik, Rabbi Yitzchak Meyer Morgenstern Shlita, we learn to understand that those things which push against unity, those entities in our lives which make things difficult, that daiga at the heart of experience, It's not only that it doesn't detract from unity, but rather it magnifies and potentiates and intensifies the revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unity. Because now I have the opportunity to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu even within Daiga, specifically within Daiga. Daika within Daiga, specifically within worry, is the revelation of Achdus. That human experience can fall so far, we can find ourselves in that a darkness that has doubled over itself. We can find ourselves in the hastara shabatech hastara and the concealment that is concealed from itself. We can find ourselves living in the belly of the snake itself. And nevertheless, I'm not anxious, I'm not afraid of anything bad because you are with me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we show Hashem that you're found here as well. That is the opportunity that anxiety offers an individual. That is what daiga offers. And that's why daiga has the ability to magnify achdus to reveal the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world so that we say, Hashem, even in my daiga, you're there. 
even in my discomfort, even in the very human condition that makes it so difficult to find you in this world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it is specifically there that I transform it into being with you. So that the vessel that at first appeared to be concealing your light is transformed into a vessel that reveals your light in a more intense way. Why anxiety though? Why daiga? On a certain level, the question doesn't even have to be asked for certain neshamos that experience it. But for those who have not listened intently to the murmurings of their heart and the discomfort that we experience when we don't know which way things are going to go, when we feel that perhaps there's something just slightly overwhelming, that perhaps reality overwhelms my capacity ever so slightly that I won't be able to function or perhaps something sudden will emerge onto the scene. The icker form of fear is its suddenness. For those of us who know this voice, for those of us who understand this voice, it's not Akasha why anxiety, it's Pashat why anxiety. But for those of us who are not familiar with this voice, the Daiga Belevish, that worry in the heart of an individual, so then it's enough to look at a few of our sources, a few of our tzaddikim, who tell us, who let us know that daiga, that worry, that anxiety, that unknowing, that doubt, that concealment, that anticipation, is not only a symptom of being human, but rather it's the very constitutive function of what it means to be a mensch in this world. And it's what gives birth to the ishbitzer tzaddikim's treatment of the statement of Chazal, which we've spoken about so often in the past. That Chazal tell us, It would have been easier and more pleasant for an individual had they never been created than being created. And the Ishbitzer Tzadikim announce in unison that the Maimar Chazal is very exacting. It doesn't say mutav la'adam shaloi nivra misha nivra. It doesn't, God forbid, say that it would have been better for an individual to have not been created. But rather it says it would have been easier, it would have been more pleasant. Which means at first glance, the first necessary understanding we have to have is that this world is hard. This world is a place of difficulty. This world is a place of yigiyah, of effort. Effort implies concealment. Effort implies constriction. It implies difficulty. It implies not knowing. The Ramchal, who we're going to meet very deeply in next week's shir with regards to Adam Arishon and the birth of subjectivity as being rooted in anxiety. The Ramchal tells us in his opus, the Vilna Gon said there's not a single extra word in the first 10 prakim. And when a person learns the Sefer Mesil Sisharim with that in mind, it becomes almost like Tarish Abhiksad. The Ramchal tells us immediately in the second parak, or already in the first parak with regards to the human being's necessary function in this world, is that this world is a battle that we're thrown against our will into a raging battle that is always already at battle with itself. That life is not a seamless unity, that life is a confrontation with itself. That human beings are thrown into the chaos, into the whirlwind. 
into a world where darkness very often seems to override light, where doubt seems to override clarity, where difficulty on our own subjective levels seems to override things going simply, as Rabbi Nachman tells us so often with regards to speaking about Manios. And so it's axiomatic as a human being to understand this world is a difficult place. It's not a chiddish to our tzaddikim. That's the birthplace of Hasidus. That's the birthplace of Panimiyas Torah. Like we've spoken about so often, the Mitla Rebbe said in the name of his father, the Balatanya, who was quoting his Rebbe, the Magadav Mezrich, that a person cannot understand Raze Torah. A person has no shaykhis to Panimiyas Torah. A person has no need for Panimiyas Torah unless they are filled with worry, filled with marashchayra hativis me'ne'urav, that they're filled with a certain proclivity towards melancholia, a certain awareness of the brokenness of things, a certain awareness of the things being shattered. And how do we know this as the Rebbe? We know this from the statement of Chazal in Mesechus Chagiga, she'ein maestrin maestrin merkava ela lamisha libo doig bekirbo that we do not disclose the secrets of Torah except to a person whose heart is worried within themselves, except to a person who's anxious. Because it's only a person who's anxious, it's only a person whose heart jumps at times. When they look around at the world, they realize that that this is not necessarily the way things are supposed to be. That perhaps HaKadosh Baruch Hu has more in plan for reality. And perhaps the darkness that has doubled over upon itself is just a veil that is blocking my sight. But nevertheless, I see it and it's frightening, it's scary, it's a pachad. There's fear, there's real fear. Only a person who has eyes open like that is rotly to learn Sisre Torah because otherwise, what's the point? When the surface is perfect, there's no need for depth. It's only when the surface stutters, when the surface reveals itself in its reality, where a human being encounters that terrifying moment of Rabbanishalaylam, where are you? It's only that impulse that gives birth to the undying desire to encounter Panimiya Satira and the therapeutic possibility at the heart of Panimiya Satira. This was the first question Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai asked when he left the cave. The first question that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai asked after surviving the cave, after the nace of uncovering the origins of Panimiya Satira. He comes to Teveria and he asks, is there something here that needs fixing? A nace happens for me, what can I fix here? The originary question of Panimiya Satora is what is broken? The assumption is that something's broken. The question is how can I fix it? Panimiya Satora is not coming to tell us how things are perfect. It's coming to tell us how to fix that which is already broken. This is clear from the writings of the Arizalas. We'll get to see Bezras Hashem. Rashbi's question, which he learns from Yaakov Avinu, is what can I fix here? The assumption, that which is always already clear enough in the mind of the tzaddik is that somebody is hurting here. There's some sort of discomfort going on here, and I want to learn how to fix it. I want to learn how to respond to it. And when we look at Panimiya Satora as that therapeutic answer to the worry, to that Daiga Balevish, that's when we begin to understand the urgency of the words of our tzaddikim. The urgency, how urgent they actually are. Now there's a remarkable teaching that I came across, Baruch Hashem, this week from the Tikkun Zohar. In Tikkun Chalf Aleph. It's an incredible, incredible teaching. The Tikkun says as follows. 
And HaKadosh Baruch Hu arranged for a big dog to come and swallow Yonah. As the Vilna Gon points out, we're all Yonah. Our life story is the story of Yonah. Encountering that anxiety of not knowing what's going to be running and returning, not being in the right place at the right time. Da Aniyusa, this is impoverishment. This is destitution. This is what it means to live in a world without clarity, to live in a world where the comfort of the mind, Minucha Sanefesh, is so rarely found. Di'ihu Eitsev, which is sadness, melancholy, of Nukva Dile Itzavon. And its feminine counterpart is the experience of Itzavon, of struggle. Dechura Dag, the masculine expression is the fish, Nukva Daga, Dalit Gimel Hay. And this is what it means, This is what it means when Yoyna, Yoyna Hanavi davened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the belly of the fish itself. Meaning to say, Yoyna cries out of that anxiety, that destitution, that in the future would swallow B'nai Yisrael. Behahu Zimna, at that point when we cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, out of that fish, that Dalid Gimel, hey. V'yoymer Hashem ledag v'yika es yoyna. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to the fish, Vamit yoyna, spit yoyna out. Biduchta didaaga dilhon, diduagin me'aniyusa miduchta. Out of their anxiety, didaaga dilhon, didoyagin me'aniyusa that they're terrified from their impoverishment and their destitution of spirit. It's specifically out of encountering that place of doichik, of constriction, of anxiety, of daiga, which comes from the Lashon of Dag. That worry is what is going to give birth to the redemption. That it's only when B'nai Yisrael are capable of paying attention to their daiga, that B'nai Yisrael are capable of looking deeply at their worry and their anxiety, that's when redemption is going to come. So we see that dealing with anxiety, confronting anxiety, it's not only a necessary function of trying to survive in this world, that is very often difficult, that Rabbeinu teaches us somewhere, but not necessarily here because we're filled with all sorts of da'agos, this world can't be the main world because of the amount of anxiety in it. As Rabbeinu says, this is Gehinam. This is hell. But like we said in the name of the Balatanya, that it's specifically the Neshamas who have encountered that place of He'edar, that place of darkness, that place of Gehenim, who are the ones who rush out of there seeking out any comfort that the Torah has to offer. In the beginning of the Torah, it says, Bereshis bar Zakt Rashi already in the second Pasuk. And the land was already void and desolate. The Zayar HaKadosh says, what's this Inyana of already? Existence hadn't happened yet. And the Lashon of the Zohar is Dana, from beforehand. The implication is that the moment of subjective awareness is already after the fall into anxiety. 
that Tayyuhu Bavayyuhu is the first encounter that we have. Where did it come from? How did it come to be here? Mekadmat Dana was part of Akadush Baruch Hu's deeper plan. The first encounter of the individual in this world is the encounter with Tayyuhu Bavayyuhu. Rashi, in the name of the Sefer Habahir, in, par, in the second Pasuk, says, What is Tohu? That a person is bewildered and wondered about the voidness of it all. That when an individual looks around at the world, the first assumption is, what in the world is going on here? Where is the clarity? Where is the comfort? That meshivas nafesh is far from me. I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm uncomfortable. But that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the world that we're meant to be in. That anxiety is the dizziness of freedom. Anxiety is the ability to choose. Anxiety is what it means to live in a world of Bukhira. Anxiety is, is what it means to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of the possibility of not being able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Emuna is only born out of the possibility that we doubt HaKadosh Baruch Hu for a second. And through these series of Shirim, Be'ezra Hashem, we're going to encounter this Midah. We're going to encounter what it means to feel anxiety. But none of the shirim, God forbid, are only going to be about the difficult experience of anxiety. Each shir is going to describe the condition, help us be aware of it, help us be mitmodeid with it. And then we're going to utilize the words of our tzaddikim through the lens of our avos hakadoshim, Adam and Kayin and Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, Bezras Hashem. And we're going to see how it's not enough that we repress our anxiety, but within our anxiety rests the very cure itself. Like we spoke about in the Shiram on the inner world of addiction. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to sweeten the bitter waters, as the Ramban points out, he created a nes besechanes, that the bitter waters were sweetened with a bitter tree. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mamtik mar bemar. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sweetens the bitter with the bitter itself. And the more we descend into that experience of daiga, the more opportunity we have to embolden our emuna, our bitachon, and to be Megala, how Daiga is Megala Achdus itself, but Ezra Sasha. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.